We've all felt that feeling where, at the end of the day, you wish you felt better about the stuff you accomplished. I mean, unless you're perfect. But no, most of us have felt that feeling where we wish we got more done, right? There's a heaviness, a tiredness, and a good helping of, damn it, I didn't give it my all today. On the show today, I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about 25 of our favorite tips to manage tasks that we all have to deal with. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. This is part two of the conversation about 25 of our favorite workflow tips for entrepreneurs. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. I just I stepped away from the mic and got lost for a second. That's sort of my rule for karaoke. Uh, if you ever want to learn how to do karaoke, just give me a buzz. <laughs> give me a ring. I'm the karaoke whisperer. My name is Chase Warman Reeves. You are listening to The Fizzle Show, where our mission is to help you do great work, dent the universe, and support yourself doing something that you actually care about. Support yourself doing something that you actually care about. All of those things. Wouldn't that be neat? I just told you what the episode is about, so let me just tell you about what we do at Fizzle. Listen, we love our podcast listeners. If you want to try out Fizzle for free for five weeks, we have a special link just for you podcast listeners. Fizzle.co slash try five. All right, you can start the roadmap. You can check out any of the 40 plus courses for small business growth in there. And... You can ask a question and get advice in the forums right now. Not to mention, every week we do a free group coaching call for whoever can make it. It's one of our favorite parts. We call it Fizzle Friday. It's wonderful. You can hit all that for free for five weeks at fizzle.co slash try five. That's just for you podcast listeners. Okay, let's get into the episode. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 181. I will be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. And we're back. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. Woo! Wow! A week has passed. You find as you get older, it's harder to do that woo sound. Woo! It used to just come out like yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, every once in a while, it goes woo like <laughs> <laughs> like that exactly, <laughs> exactly like that. It just doesn't. You don't get woo. <laughs> you don't get that upper register anymore. <laughs> Vocal cords are just old and tired. Woo! <laughs> Uh, ooh, uh, wow. Uh, all right, a week has passed. We've got a lot of good feedback on our last episode. What do you think you've learned from the last episode? Take, looking back on it, what stands out to you as some of these these tips and tricks? People just love tips and tricks. People love them. That's the thing. Yeah. We can resist all we want. Yeah, I'm People love them. And to be honest, we have fun giving them. <laughs> it's nice when it's just the tip. Yeah. <laughs> got him. You guys is really laughing hard. <laughs> really got him. <laughs> ah, that's uh, good. It just feels neat to be in a safe space mm-hmm. in front of 10,000 of my closest here. friends. <laughs> Do you guys know that 10,000 people listen to the Fizzle Show just about every week? Yeah, I guess it's it exciting. Takes, takes probably two weeks to get up all the way to <laughs> sure. the 10,000. Yeah. Uh, but that's exciting. That's cool. I mean, yeah. it feels like we've been there for about four years, but yeah. <laughs> I think we've slowly been growing. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing wrong, guys? <laughs> I'm not going to sound like I'm not super satisfied with 10,000, though. That's awesome. 
you guys are great. And have some of you even sign up for Fizzle. Yeah. Like, Dozens. You're just like, this is apparently good enough for me to trust mm-hmm. you enough to give you $35. Yeah. And, and, and uh, just, you know, just to play inside baseball for a second here about podcasting, the podcast, I, I'm sure we've said this before, but the Fizzle show is our, our second biggest source yeah. of new members to mm. Fizzle. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's tremendous. And mm. when people talk about podcasting and wonder like, is it worth it? And how do I monetize it? And yeah, so on, yeah. how do I get sponsors? We have sponsors occasionally, but yeah. we don't need them because it Fizzle is yeah. what we sell. And yeah. people sign up for it through the podcast. Yeah. It can be as simple as that. Podcast about something that you like and then eventually make a product mm-hmm. for those people and a lot of them, if they really like what you're doing, will buy your product. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just neat what the kids are doing these it's days with neat. technology. I had that experience. I was at a conference called XOXO, which is last year that they did it. And it's sort of like been my people ever since I found it five years ago. It was the first year. We went every single year, made some close friends. And I'm just walking around. I, like, did I tell you, I've ever told you like my dream of about being an old man? Like one of my like vignettes that I see about myself, I really want to be true. Is this the one where you drive around in a uh, oversized speedboat with your, with a shirt, uh, Tommy Bahama, that's open and flapping in the wind? And <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I think I just got a new one. <laughs> Hold on. I think I just got a new one. Oh, wait, this is, sorry. This is my vignette of you <laughs> yeah. in the future. <laughs> No, man, my vignette of me in the future is I'm at Burning Man, right? With like a uh, mm. with like a, a a turtleneck, like a like just an old guy, old what guy, are the new equivalent. Of yeah, Burning like a, like I'm, hopefully there's still Burning Man. I haven't been yet. I want to go. Um, on, I'm at I'm at Burning Man. I'm an old guy with the NPR circle glasses. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I must be a New York intellectual. Mm. You know what I mean? Something like that. Yeah. And I'm just and I'm just passing out water bottles from like a, a rucksack. You know what I mean? Just like <laughs> you kids. So neat. Like, right. You know, just, I just passing out the bottles, look at the kids going, you guys are all incredible into such crazy stuff. You know what I mean? Tell me what you're into right now. Oh, be safe. All right. You too. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I had that experience at XOXO this year. You're like that guy now. I already did. I already like, I'm already Uh, there because everybody's into technologies. I've never even heard of yet. Right, this guy at Facebook, that guy at Asana, or that girl at Intercom, or what do you mean they're into technology? They're you just don't like even know about. they're like like there's apps that you use to design websites that I've never even heard of before. How's that true? I just am out of the game, man. It's just fine. Like I look at those apps and go, like the app's not the point, pal. Like yeah. I'm I'm already at that, 35. That is a liberating feeling, yeah. actually, when you stop caring about the <laughs> yeah, apps. Exactly. Yeah. At 35, I'm already like like you know I think you get like a little more curmudgeonly maybe earlier. Yeah. Um, but. All that to say, that's a little bit of a goal for my life, and I'm sharing that with you because it's a podcast where we get vulnerable, you guys. And we're going to get vulnerable today. I, I don't know about vulnerable. I'm going to be. Gonna I'm going to get vulnerable. We're going to go. We're going to open the kimono. Hey, you might not like what you see. <laughs> as is the case typically, as kimonos are being opened, it might be a good time to take a departure. Looks like a d- only smaller. <laughs> My partner Corbett Bar is here. That's the small guy you see over there in the kimono with it open. <laughs> Pay no attention. <laughs> Pay no attention. Um, so today we're going to continue the conversation from last week, which is uh, episode 180. Fizzleshow.co slash 180. Boy, we really did a 180 in that one. Whoa, made a big switch. If you want to hear what we're talking about, you got to head back to fizzleshow.co slash 180. 
You're not going to believe your ears. But in this show, we're going to continue it with a much better than we did last time. I mean, because last time we cut, it hit that middle part and it just tur- it just blew up. Mm. I'm just trying to make it sound like yeah, yeah, yeah. you should go listen to it. Oh, that was a train Remember wreck. Remember when you got really mad at me? That was a train wreck. We've, it took a while. We patched it up, but I said Whew. some really inappropriate stuff. Yep. But very telling, like just stuff that Corbett didn't feel. Yeah, like. I didn't disagree with it. Yeah, it was just it was the kind of thing he wanted to protect. He didn't want that to be known about Fizzle. But it was really a button that you pushed. It was a. It was more. It was a. It was the I biggest. Don't push that one again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna traipse around it. I'm gonna traipse around it in this episode, buddy. Okay. I'm gonna traipse. I'm gonna be traipsing. Don't make me mad. That's my. <laughs> I felt like I was just Paul Rudding. I'm gonna traipse. I'm gonna traipse around it. I'm gonna traipse it. <laughs> yeah, let's go get some food. Um, so we're talking about our favorite workflow tips, tricks, hacks, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because you're an entrepreneur and you're working on real stuff mm-hmm. every single day, every single week, right? This show is to help people maybe who aren't necessarily completely committed to starting their own business yet, as well as those who are a hundred percent committed. So these this conversation is kind of more for the latter, like you are doing your business. You are working on it. Yep. Um, and as a business worker owner, uh, what we like to call an indie entrepreneur business or a business owner. builder or a business or work under honor. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the, you've got all these tasks to do. You've got all this stuff that just comes at you. It flies at you. And you got all these kind of fears. You got these worries about like, maybe I'm not doing enough or maybe I'm missing this opportunity or maybe I'm leaving money on the table. Or maybe if someone like smart, like Corbett would look at my business, they'd be like, what are you doing that for? Don't be so stupid. You're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I've always had that Uh, fear. Like like somebody would look at my business, they'd go like, they would know like I'm a fraud. Yeah. You know? And it's, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that bad. No, you're doing fine. fine. I was doing fine. So, um, last, last week we talked about, uh, doing email. We talked about the how are we doing metrics and analytics and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We also talked about, what else did we talk about? Planning. Planning and strategy. Yeah. Right? So now let's start into this one as maybe, here's something that we all have to do. We all have to stay a little bit ahead of our motivation in some way. Do you know what I mean? We have to like not burn out. <laughs> we have to f- convince ourselves that we're, we're like, we enjoy at least a little bit what we're doing. Right, we have to stay inspired. Yeah, we have to, and I, and that word is so, is so, you know, cloudy and ethereal on all the things. But I've, it's like Tim Ferriss. I've tried to hate it for a really long time, and I keep coming back to it because, damn it, these podcast episodes are good. I was in the middle of the Mike Birbiglia one just before jumping off into here. The Mike Birbiglia podcast episode is really good. Of what? On Tim Ferriss. Oh, yeah. Tim Ferriss interviewed sure. Mike Birbiglia, who's like, to me, if I ever did comedy, he'd be the one guy that if he came up to me at a cocktail party and was just like, yeah, you're pretty good. You that would like, feel like yes. the biggest yeah. thing in the world. Yeah, he's pretty cool. Because he's so, because of what he represents, because of what he's like, mm-hmm. because of how he does his comedy, right? So, um, uh, anyway, anyways, all that to say, inspiration is something that I've tried to get away from. As a, as a concept, as a word, because it's really easy to sell inspiration to people and for them to leave going like, I feel great. And three weeks later, nothing's changed. Yeah. Nothing has changed. Yeah. Right. So, but there is a real, a very real motivation, inspiration sort of factor mm-hmm. in doing a business. Yep. I think one, one place where the rubber hits the mo- road is when um, you are. So, I mean, one tip for me is just, is, is just, I, I get so energized or inspired when I am uh, learning about stuff that's in a completely different world. 
right? Okay. Yep. One of my favorite things to do is to, is to watch is and learn about chefs. Oh yeah. Right. Like so, chefs table and um and that uh even the movie Chef, but like the Netflix series Cooked. Um, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown, which sort of mm-hmm. mixes in the travel with the chefs. I just think chefs know how to travel better than yep. anybody else. Um, but all of that world about creating this experience on a plate, right? There's enough of a metaphor there that's similar to what I'm doing, right? But it's so different. It's so different. Yeah, but it's it's about the creativity and the serving the customers. Yep. And if people didn't like what they did, those chefs wouldn't be in business. Totally. I mean- there are so many commonalities to so every creative endeavor out there. Yeah, yeah. So I think of uh, uh, one big tip for me is I, I I always have some sort of side project like that, some little fetish that I'm interested in. I didn't. I never decided to do that. By the way, I just saw my first episode of Chef's Table when Netflix aired it. Like, and I was just like, done. Yeah, done. This is it. This is it. Right. And I watched my first episode of Alton Brown on Good Eats, and I'm like, wow. And that's why I have a picture of Alton Brown on my wall because. He's like an inspiration to me in terms of I want to do fizzle courses the way that he does episodes of Good Eats. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I, we don't do it at that level, and because frankly, I don't want to make a giant molecule out of like friends and foam. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That's right. We just don't have the budget. No. <laughs> we don't have the budget. The no, time we budget. Don't have the molecule especially. budget, especially. But there's these. I I look at making courses for fizzle the way that that I that I feel like Alton Brown probably looks at. And his team look at making episodes of goodies. Mm-hmm. So I see this, I see this, uh, the similarity there, and it and it provides this other world and other lens and other perspective by which I can then look back at my life, and that helps me immensely to look at at what we're doing at Fizzle and bring in. That's why you know, and I'm I'm all, I've always got ideas. I'm always doing this because I spend so much time in that world. There's a danger there. I, I you just heard me say like I've always got ideas. Right? Like Corbett said in the last episode about planning and strategy is the challenge is you keep second guessing yourself. Right. An idea, I wanna I wish I had like a Corbett barism for like an idea is like a girlfriend in high school. She you know what I mean? It's like I don't know I don't know what I don't you, have a Miriam. <laughs> Yeah, stay together for the next 23 years yeah corbett and his wife have been together for like 90 years yeah and they're and they're only 15 years old when they, how old were you, you guys met uh she was 16 and i was 17 yeah yeah so but i anyways like it, an idea is is a uh a sultry little beast that walks into your world and and can be completely uh intoxicating mm-hmm. and complete and t- totally like not where you're heading or sure where you want to be heading, yeah. right? Just because it feels good doesn't mean it is good, right? In some ways. So you've got this keel at the bottom of the, sp- of the sailboat, like we were talking about before, this huge fin that keeps the sailboat from pitching over. Right. And that helps you draw a straighter line sometimes yeah. too, right? If you don't have that in your planning and strategy, like we talked about in the last episode, ideas that come from inspiration can be a total yeah. siren's call. In- inspiration is really the, the fuel for the planning and strategy. Yeah. And maturity allows you to be inspired yeah. but not to like act on it immediately yeah. every time yeah. just yeah. because you're excited about it yeah. because you know that this feeling has come around before uh, I'll wake up the next morning and I won't be nearly as excited about this idea or I'm not seeing that the things that I'm working on right now are still important for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So with maturity, you get that, you earn that keel that keeps you headed straight and then yeah. you... Uh, allow yourself 
to turn that inspiration and those ideas into projects that you're working on yeah. at the right time. At the right time, exactly. Or you br- it, brings a, it, br- it keeps you fresh as you're working on things you've already decided are important, mm-hmm. right? That's been a real, that's a big part of the learning process for me the last probably two years since we started tracking things on Trello. Yeah. Um, I've, I've learned more from that than maybe anything else in our business. Just mm-hmm. what, just saying, this is what we're committing to. And did we do it? Yeah. And, it, and, but and it's freeing as well. It's totally liberating. Yeah. What, what could have, what could have produced a lot of shame in me because we didn't do it because of how we dealt with it as a team. It, there wasn't shame and maybe there was at first, but like there was, it was, and now it's like, we know this is just the law of the jungle. We know this is yeah. the cost of doing business. And it's a combination of individual responsibility and team responsibility for yeah. us since yeah. we're working with, with a handful of people. Totally. Which which is nice. It, I, it's it's a struggle when you're just one person to have as much discipline as you can have yeah. when you're a team. Yeah. Because it's really easy to throw the rules out in, you know, in mid play. Yeah. Because you don't have to be responsible to anyone else. Yep. And that's where, you know, having forming a small group with other people, you know, to keep you on track, that can that can matter a lot. Yeah. The kind of thing you might find inside of Fizzle. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we know is is that you like if you're in a mastermind group, guys, it's you're just gonna go farther faster. That's just it. Yeah. If you just have peers who you meet with on a regular basis who are holding you accountable and you're holding them accountable, yeah. You kind of need that when you don't have your own team. I'll put in the show notes uh, a mastermind post that Barrett wrote that's really, really good. But yeah. like Corbett mentioned, like getting into a mastermind group, you want people who are a sim- like have have a similar kind of interest or, or they bo- they want to start a business too, or yeah. they're in the process of doing that. Right. Which is what, what a lot of people are, are hopefully getting out of out of Fizzle is this community that we've built, you know what I mean? That they've built, right? We, our community is full of people who have built the community. We set up a forum or a, some technology. And we actively try to keep, you know, do things to keep people engaged. And we sometimes are doing a better job than others at that. But regardless, people are finding each other mm-hmm. in there and they are uh, and they're sending each other private messages. They're getting into small groups and mastermind groups there. Uh, they're getting the accountability to, to like to just finally make the commitment that they're going to do this thing, you know, because now somebody's watching. Right. And and they you know what I mean? That's like a big deal. Yeah. So it, it, it really deal. changes how you will look at yourself in your business. Yeah. It totally does. Yep. So this idea of inspiration mm-hmm. or almost learning to me, it's like they're both kind of, yep. to me is, uh, it's something I have an inherent interest about either because it just feels good and, and like almost intoxicating or because it's like, I'm intrigued, uh, in a different, I'm intrigued in a sort of long term play on yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and I, this is, and I love this. You know, the, again, to refresh people, everything that we're talking about here is common to like yeah. basically every business or mm-hmm. every entrepreneur. Every entrepreneur needs to stay inspired to yeah. to be able to do your best work and to stay committed to something for the long term. Yeah, and that's where for you, like you like to synthesize these ideas that you get totally. from from comedy and music and yeah. food and and all of these other places where I feel like I feel like you feel like those people have way more street cred than we do because oh, yeah. they're working Always. in like yeah. true creative endeavors. Well yeah, for some reason those are the things that are just like, oh well I'm not like that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But um you know for me same thing. I you get when you find yourself not doing your best work, a lot of times it's because you let that inspiration well run dry. Yeah. And yeah. you're just uh you're just you've put yourself in a little box for mm-hmm. some reason and and your world is really small at the moment yeah. and you need to expand that. And for me, uh, a few things do it. One that we talked about before is this idea of reconnecting with your why. Mm-hmm. Mm. So always yeah. trying to, when you start feeling kind of blase about your work, trying to remember why you're doing this in the first place, mm-hmm. what's at stake, 
who are you really helping? What change are you trying to cause in the yeah, world? Totally. All of those things can keep you on track. Another one for me is travel mm. is big. Yeah. Just for some reason, seeing new places and it totally is. new things. It totally is. It always reinvigorates me. And mm -hmm. then I'm always, I always wonder why I do it, uh, why I don't do it for some time yeah. once in a while. Like we, this, this year we've just let like, you know, five or six months go by without any like major trips. It's weird, right? Because with travel, it's also a little bit of a hassle sometimes, mm -hmm. right? It's yeah. like, you know, you're going to be on a plane stuck next to who knows who and, yeah. And and you got to deal with some of this stuff. And you got to get to the airport a hour early. Yeah. And you got to go through security and pull the laptop out. It's like, I see all the rigmarole, right? And I had to make that a game. The game for me on that was just one bag travel that could, mm -hmm. and the bag could fit under my under my chair in front of me. I don't have right. to worry, I don't have to vie, fight for overhead space or anything. Yep. That changed it. It made that whole fun for me. Totally. Like a, like a little bit of like a minimalist, like like sort of like a, uh, it's almost like meditative. It's your like bento box of clothes and oh, laptop. Oh God, and it's, stuff. it's like, it's like I feel completely free. Yeah. It's like a, intoxicating for me. Yep. Um, but I have to do that in order to, but you're right. Like, like it, you could go months without traveling or doing anything like that. And you have to be intentional. Yeah. You have to be intentional about it. Set some alarm that go, have you traveled in the last three months? And I, you know, I think, um, films and, and TV shows and stuff are kind of like a little quick mini travel. Yeah. Sometimes the, the good ones. are. Yeah. Cause when you travel for me, a lot of travels, you see how other people live. And I think in a film, in a great film, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm yeah. seeing how you're, other you're people are living live through yeah. other people. And then the, the last one for me on inspiration is, um, meeting new people and spending time with people that, inspire me in some way because they're ambitious. They're working on interesting projects and you have to be, again, just like travel, you have yeah. to be really aware uh, or intentional about making that happen, yeah. you know? And, and that means putting yourself in new situations where you can meet new people. It means um, calling people that you find inspiring and mm. asking them to hang yeah. out, you know, yep. totally. um, or forming little groups. We just talked about mastermind groups like the best thing you could possibly do is to form one with a few people that you find particularly inspiring mm -hmm. and you like the way that they think about the world. And, yep. and whenever you're around them, you know, you feel challenged to do something more, to do something bigger. Love it. Okay. So, I mean, inspiring for you, you were talking about, you're talking about travel. You're talking about, what was the other one? Meeting new people. Meeting new people. And reconnecting with my why. With your why. Now on that why thing, I think that's a big deal right? Mm -hmm. This is like for planning and strategy, yep. a trick that we have done in the past. Um, and that I personally do when I'm like on a, a, in a project that's going to take a while, I will write like a formal, like why we're doing this statement of some kind and put that in Trello or Asana or wherever we're managing that project. Because if I can just, and oftentimes I just do that work once and then I've always, I will never forget it. Yeah. Right. If I remember I'm doing this, to refer back to it. I'm doing this because right now we have a big push to, to get more customers in the door. Yep. And that's really important to our, to the future of our business because if, if the trend like starts shifting and going down, we just have to keep that trend line going up or something. Right. If I understand even just that much, yeah. the next stage right now, not forever, but just right now is getting more customers in the door. I remember having like doing projects where I'm like, dude, this is killing me. I don't want to do this. And then I remember why we're doing it. Right. I want more customers in the door. Right. I want the freedom that comes from that. I want our product to be satisfying more and more people. And so it's like, Oh, this is something that's really close to the heart of me in that way. And that's a, that's a great trick for project planning. And honestly, we need yeah. to do it more often, Yeah, which is when you commit to doing some projects, you know, and let's, however often you do that every week or month yeah. or quarter, like we do, if you just spend a minute to sit down with each of the projects you commit to and write down, why are we doing this? And what do we believe 
the outcome will be. Yeah. What's our hypothesis about yeah. what would change if we if we accomplish this project? So that way at the end or in the middle when you're like yeah. doubting if you should still work totally. on it, you can look at it. Or at the end you get to you don't forget like what the hell were we doing that for? Yeah. You know. Yeah. You can look back and say, "Oh, we thought it was going to do this, but it really did this." And that's okay cuz this is pretty cool, yeah, you know. Totally. Or whatever the case might be. So, that's making me think of another category we could talk about, which is almost like I have I have work-life balance written down, but as I think of that, it's almost like more like managing energy levels. Mm-hmm. You know? Managing yourself. Yeah, somehow like like when you know when you when you just like we we just had a, a planning a couple of days of planning. We've done before where we had you know uh, four of us on the fizzle team in a place for a week or something like that. It'd be like four straight days, and I learned something every time we do that about like well, we can only go for so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, we can only go for so long, and then yep. you need the break, and you, you're just watching the energy levels. Yeah, and if you had more to give, it would be really really good. Yeah, but when you don't, you don't. Yeah. First of all, it's like a little bit of grace about that, you know, a little bit of like, just allow that. That's fine. You know, yeah. accept that. Yeah. But there's like stuff we do in our lives that we manage our energy levels by, mm-hmm. because if you have more energy, you're going to, it's going to, it's going to show up, you know, cause this stuff is draining us. It, it is a, it is a taxing thing. A lot of the stuff we're talking about is not the kind of stuff that, you know, except for me, like watching chef's table, like I get really energized, but Everything else is like, it's taking, it's taking, it's drawing out, it's drawing, it's emptying me out, which is good because then the filling up process is really energizing. Um, but yeah. there's just this whole process. Yeah, and me. you just have to be aware of it. And and uh, the worst feeling in the world is when your energy levels are drained, mm-hmm. but you're still trying to get yeah. something done. And it's just pointless. Because, because you, you, you don't allow yourself to recognize that this is just how humans work. Yeah. We have energy and enthusiasm and inspiration, all that kind of stuff. And they're like buckets that we have to keep full. Yeah. And when they get drained down, you're just going to, it's just futile to keep trying. And compare that to the, like the, the high school football coach or whatever, who's just like, when you get tired, we're going to work twice as hard, right? There are some breakthroughs that you can have. And wow, I didn't even know I could do that coach. That's yeah. amazing. But well, We're talking bit- about your life here in a way that like, like I've given up on, on that in some ways. In other ways, in physical endeavors and some things like, yeah, I mean, I ran 28 miles by myself. That was pushing through fucking <laughs> terrible stuff the whole last 10 miles of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know you can push through things and sometimes it's really invigorating. But We're talking about your life. We're talking about not yeah, like a, an and, achievement. And you can, you know, you can pep talk your way into yeah. doing more. And there are certain scenarios where you can have more energy for longer. If, you know, if, if our company was bigger and we got together with a bunch, like a conference kind of thing, yeah, then yeah. you could have more energy for longer because totally. you're, you're getting energy from mm-hmm. other people and it's more, or if you're in a new city, like you go to New York and you can just do whatever the hell you want for five days totally. because it's so fun and, and exciting. Yeah. Um, but this this energy level thing, I think, is another. We've been talking about maturity as an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these systems and workflows, I think, come with maturity and realizing that you have to manage your energy levels yeah. is just a, a layer of awareness. Yeah, it's interesting. I think a lot of the times I'm trying to teach maturity to the things that I've learned that, and I'm and I'm still very much developing. I'm not going to say yeah. that I know exactly what what maturity is or isn't because I'm sure there. I'll look back. I'm sure there's mature entrepreneurs listening who are going like you guys don't know anything yet totally right? and, you know yeah and please if you're if you're saying that to yourself right now reach out to us and tell us what, tell we, don't us what know. we don't know we love we'd that. love that <laughs> no but my my friend who's had to deal with like some very serious company stuff one of a few of his investors have really started to shine because they're like oh yeah you got to do this yeah we all have to do this at some point mm. 
Yeah, we all, yeah, every every good one does. Yeah. You know? And and that perspective is very different from the pain, trauma, and fear that he was feeling mm-hmm. beforehand, right? And it's the difference in maturity and in experience. Um, but anyways, this work-life balance, let's talk about this for a little while, this yeah. managing managing our energy levels, because that, that yeah. feels like something that so for you personally, what is that what do you what do you, what are the things so, that matter to you about this? Yeah, I recognize that five day work weeks are not that maintainable on a long-term basis. You can do a couple of them or a few of them in a row, but you can't work five days a week every week and expect to be at like your full energy level. Yeah. So, you know, we, uh, at fizzle, we don't track vacation time. Uh, we just expect people to take the time that they need to be at their best when they're at work. Mm -hmm. We don't want people around like grumpy and tired and whatnot. So go take time off and enjoy yourself and, and do the things that you need to do from a health perspective, from a family perspective, from a travel and inspiration perspective yeah. so that you come back feeling great. Yeah. And I'd rather put in three and a half amazing days in a week than five mediocre days, you yeah. know, or yeah, whatever yeah, totally, it is. Totally. And it's the same with like work hours, you, you know, 10 or 12 hour days aren't tenable for very long. Wait, wait, um, are you saying that I can only work three days? I could just Screw off for Thursday, Friday. Okay, sure. Never mind. You just said you mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep going. Well, we do, but we, we do. do. We do. Like, yeah. In fact, just yesterday, Chase informed me he was going to be gone next week. Yeah. The whole week. Yeah, I didn't even tell. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> cool. What are we doing for this and that? Yeah, and yeah, as totally. long as it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Uh, we, t- we take a decent amount of time off. Yeah. And, and um, you know, like during our, our planning week, uh, we, we worked nine to four, basically. Yeah. Or nine to five. Yeah. And, yeah. and got it done and we were as efficient as we could be about it. Totally. And, and I feel like, um, it just leads to a, a greater chance of long-term success when you don't burn yourself out. You can't sprint a marathon. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you really can't. So, um, so what I'm hearing you talk about is, is just like, just being lenient with yourself about, uh, about, yeah, what we'll, we'll see. Not beating yourself yeah, up for wanting not beating to take, yourself or up. for needing to take some time off. That's uh, the worst. Or looking then, at, I think what, I think it comes from like, for me personally, just looking at the quality of the work, mm-hmm. you know, cause the quality of the work is not just how it does out in the world. It's also like, how likely am I to be doing this tomorrow? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's the quality of the work too. How do, how good do I feel like this is? All right. right. Either a quality or how good do I feel about this and about my my effort put into it. Um, so for all those reasons, the, 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 the work-life balance stuff is very, very serious. It's something that we take really, really seriously. We wrote a big post. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes on, you know, work-life balance. Oh yeah, stuff. that was a good one. That was a good one. I have a pic- the picture of, uh, uh, a snake eating his tail or Ken- of Kennedy, uh, Oh, in the presidency, a- in the, o- in the Oval Office with his kids and his kids are dressed up in Halloween outfits. It's just this, at the desk. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like that one. I love that idea. Um, so I'm going to put that uh, in the show notes for us. So another thing that we have to work, I mean, the, the point on, on the work-life balance is like, honestly, you're going to be different than than everyone. Uh, everybody's got their own things that energize them. I would, I just think the sooner you start looking at your energy levels and paying attention to it and kind of almost tracking it, for me, mindfulness meditation has been like really, really wonderful for that. Just as a way of checking in going like, how do I really feel about this right now? Actually, I'm kind of stressed. I'm sort of worried. I'm sort of excited. I'm sort of, you know, whatever it is, right? 
just noticing that can be enough for me to make a wiser decision moving forward or, or make some informed decisions. Yeah. Okay, another thing that we all have to worry about as entrepreneurs, as entrepreneurs, we're small business people. Look at me. I got social media accounts because social media is free advertising and I don't have money to pay for advertising uh, or I'm leaving money on the table if I'm not taking social media seriously enough. Social media is one of these things that we all have access to and we all, you know, have, re- have either seen the talks or read the blog posts or heard the podcast on like how we should be doing it. We're all interested in, in, uh, in like tips and tricks about it. And I don't want to tell you some trick that's going to get you. I don't have some trick that's going to get you a million more, you know, reviews or clicks besides make something that's literally un, uh, uh, like uncopyable and amazing. And that is the, the like completely satisfies people yeah something say something that nobody's ever said before that everybody wishes someone would say yeah that's That's a surefire trick that's the thing right it's the whatever tips and tricks you can give somebody about like how to be more active on social media or whatever it kind of pales in comparison to the power of saying something that breaks through all the noise that's out there right yeah be a hundred percent completely unique in a way that satisfies an intense desire that people are having and nobody else is 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 doing anything good for, right? Yep. So for me, though, when I think of social media in this capacity, I'm thinking of all the rigmarole that we all have to do. You know, we write a blog post, we got to schedule some tweets. We got to put some tweets up. We got to do a Facebook. Maybe some of us are using Instagram or Pinterest. Um, I think of, of Dana and John at Minimalist Baker, who like every post, they have to make like a bunch of different like shareable pieces of media for, right? So... Um, they've got a process for that because that's extremely valuable for them. For us, we've got a minor process. We probably are leaving money on the table in terms of social media, but like I couldn't be arsed to spend too much time doing that um, because frankly, if it, if people aren't sharing it in some ways, then maybe the next one they will. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we do our, our due diligence on let's make sure we've got a good tweet a good with a good image, a good Facebook post with a good image. Uh, every once in a while in between here and there, I'll do a video on Facebook that is, because uh, I'm good at the videos. That's something I can do. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is a tip here. This is a trick for for the social Which is it? stuff. For, tip or a trick? Uh, it's it's really difficult to tell the difference on mm. this one. You okay. know, sometimes it's very clear. Mm-hmm. Otherwise I got to sit down in the middle. for a little while. Um, this is a tip actually. Okay. I've just come up with it. It is to find the way that you can interact personally, you individual, like you, like what you do to find a way to interact in social media. That is just your thing. That is like, you just like to do it this way, right? Most of us are having a problem on social media. I think because we don't enjoy it <laughs> we, or what we think we're supposed to be doing on social media. We don't enjoy fool around and find something that you actually enjoy. Yeah. I actually enjoy doing these little few, these little short Facebook videos that kind of pulls out a, a tip or a trick from a blog post or a, po- a podcast that puts it in video form and in a three minute something, something on Facebook, it gets shared, it gets watched. Um, and it's fun for me to sort of, work on like i like to try to do it good like the last video that we did i did it i edited it i did a rough edit and i was like it's not good i messed up on this angle i should have hit it harder over here and less over here i learned that in the editing i learned that every time in the editing but this was the first time i was like all right let's reshoot it 
and I reshot it. And it took me about 25% of the time to do the second shoot. Nice. Um, and then, and about 25% of the time to edit it, right? But I committed to do that work and it paid off because it was one of our most viewed videos ever yeah. on, so on Facebook. You guys should follow us or like us on, on Facebook. You know how Facebook works. Uh, you will probably won't, you won't. You'll might, never see anything. You might not see it unless we pay, unless we pay for you uh, for you to see it. And we don't do a lot of paying on Facebook, but at the same time, um, maybe you will see it. And some of them are good. Uh, so finding that thing that you do on social media that you actually enjoy, and you're like, this is a way for me to better myself, get better at doing this stuff. I want to get better at scripting videos or having ideas for videos, putting them together really quick, putting them out there and seeing them get results. I want to get better at that process like a screenwriter. Right. Um, so that's enjoyable to me. It's worth it for me to work those muscles out. Is there anything that you do in social media? Like the actual, actual hard tips and tricks. We could talk about buffer because we use, we use, use that occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Honestly, a lot of that stuff doesn't really stick for us. Um, one of the things that, that, comes easiest to me is interacting with other people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's really easy. Asking questions, Asking saying questions that's awesome. Or like just looking through your feed and seeing what people post, your, you know, your friends or, or whoever, and then writing them saying, you yeah. know, and, and I, and I love the people on social media who do that to me when I post something, yeah. just write a comment back to me. It's, it's one of the most overlooked ways of using social media. I yeah. think we all, especially as business owners, marketers, we all feel like the purpose of social media is for posting our shit. Like yeah, links yeah, to our totally. stuff. Yeah, and um, that only works if you have a big engaged following, and people aren't going to follow you. Yeah. or engage with you if all you do is post links to your stuff. Yeah, so totally, you know, connect with them and say stuff and encourage people and ask questions and answer questions and so on. Spend most of your time doing that on. Social you know what? Media. This is built easier. in on newer platforms like Snapchat, um, right? Where, like. You, I don't know. You, you're, you're there's something more. Uh, there's something about f maybe maybe video, especially maybe more than photos, uh, especially when it's focused on like turning the camera on the camera that faces you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I've been playing around with Instagram stories a lot. By playing around, I mean not taking it seriously at all, and having a blast. Uh, that has been really fun as a way that people are people love like people are always they hate it and they love it right and so that shows me i'm onto something <laughs> it really does you're just the only ones that are entertaining everybody <laughs> else's is like here i am making breakfast for you know my flight to such and such <laughs> yeah you got to make it entertaining um so so the idea is um yeah that's a bummer because because you got some, you got like pretty much an amazing instagram story right there with me but next to it is like 10 other people who are just like Riding my bike, riding my bike to work, what's up? <laughs> Making breakfast. I want to try to eat healthy today, but I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but social media is a, is a doozy, and I, I mean it. I really do mean it. Like, don't, don't just, uh, like, find some way. That's you to interact in this. Because you know what people want to interact with is a human who is vulnerable and interesting. That's what we want to interact with. Yeah. Um, so be vulnerable. Uh, ask other people about their vulnerabilities. One thing that, I, that you can do is you look at everybody's eyes and Twitter on their avatar. Who people put forward on social media is who they kind of, deep down, they kind of are. Deep down, they really, they kind of are. Even though we all look at it and go like, that's not who you really are. Right. You know, but maybe that's actually closer to who they really are. And that all these interpersonal relationships and all this other expectations and external crap and shame gets in the way. Right. And so maybe root for people that you see in your feed and go like, wow, that's so cool. You wrote that thing. I must've taken some work 
to do the thing or or like is this something you're into a lot like what is this what's your deal do you like this yeah it was interesting um last week when we were coaching a number of people in fizzle through launching new blogs yeah one of the pieces that we heard over and over again was how scary it is to launch a blog yeah somebody mentioned specifically just it was intimidating to think that um her friends and family were going to read this Mm -hmm. and isn't that telling that you feel like you can publish things on your blog that you're obviously not saying directly to people. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. if you had, then you wouldn't feel embarrassed about them reading this thing because you would yeah. have already said it to them. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're right. Maybe it is more the real you on your blog or on social media or whatever, yeah. because you're saying things that you don't say even to your closest friends and family yeah, because yeah, you're scared yeah. because there are these rules of engagement and rules of relationships totally. and all that kind of stuff. Totally. It's a very, and, and it's, and I love that. I mean, I think I, I'm very much this person inside of myself who keeps screwing up showing himself, who keeps being a little too anxious or a little too like, uh, uh, you know, attention hoary or a little too desperate or a little too needy or a little too di- disconnected or, you know, it's like, but that's not me. I'm not yeah. disconnected. I'm not. I'm the other one. I'm the one in here who's nailing this stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? And I just keep messing up. You know. And I think that's true for all of us who we see ourselves as, which might be the real true us. You know, like C.S. Lewis says, if we could see each other for who we really are, we'd be terrified at the incredibly dignified monster of an angel that you see. Right? It's just like this. This God. Right? This this God that you'd see right in front of you. Um, but instead, all we see is like, yeah, he's just uh, messing up all the time, you know? And like, that's how I feel about myself. Yeah. Another guy, another guy, um, Richard Alpert talks about how like, we're, we're just so busy managing how unqualified and how, uh, what's the word, how unworthy we all are. Mm. We're just so busy managing how unworthy we are, right? That's what you're spending a lot of your time and your mental effort doing. Going like, oh, I can't say that or post that on Facebook because then they'll, They'll do that, and they they'll they'll think this, that, or the other, and they already know that that that's not who I am. I'm unwo- I'm not that good. You know what I mean? We're all you're managing your unworthiness, and I feel for you, man, because I've been there. I am there. So that's social media. Let's talk about some more. Let's ca- let's talk about writing. Okay, yeah. writing is a thing we all have to do. Some of you are writer. Some of you are writers and bloggers, like and doing the thing. Right. Some of you are podcast makers, and you have to write some headlines or some show notes or some stuff like that. Right. Um. We all, or some of you just have to write an email. Right. That's why one of the tricks for uh, anyways, I'll share a trick in a little bit. And that makes sense for that. But um, we got to write. We all have to write. And I think if you're not writing, if you're not blogging, you're sort of leaving money on the table. Like Seth Godin says, one of the best things you could possibly do for your personal development is just write every day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and regardless of if you're blogging or not, you you have like you said, you have to send emails. You have to uh, create a sales page. Yeah. You're you're writing in you're some writing. form. Right. And, it, and this and this is writing like I wrote a, a the 8020 copywriting guide for people writing copy on the Web. You got to write a sales page. You got to write an email that goes out. You got to You need to write something that gets action. It gets customers to take action for you. Yep. You can hire a copywriter and they're going to be probably better at it than you. They might be too expensive, but they were not, they, no matter how expensive they are, they're not, they might not know your audience as much as you. Mm-hmm. They might not. And, and so if you're not taking seriously who your audience is, uh, probably the reason why you got into this business in the first place, because you cared either about yourself not having a solution to this or just these people not having a solution to some problem. Anyways, you can be doing the writing yourself. And what I'm finding, this is one of the, one of my, you know, inspiration things has been screenwriting. I've, I've just geeked out on screenwriting on people who write movies, 
people who write movies. Why? Because it's an extremely profitable form of writing um, that is foundationally and profoundly programmatic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It yeah. sort of has a Formulaic. formula yeah. to it, right? Um, so there's all these books like Save the Cat. If you're interested in this, the book called Save the Cat. It's a little bit of a douche tool um, to write some, you know, C-list movies uh, in some ways. And yet, y- you will learn so much, right? You don't have to get into the Christopher Booker's huge seven basic plots, massive tome to 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 get you hooked on this this like tips and tricks about writing a screenplay. You have these 25 index cards and if this doesn't happen by the fifth card then your script sucks right you know what i mean it's really it's really that formulaic yep right um and i've tried to do i i love those things because writing is something i want to do well i want to communicate well but normally i can get in the way of myself right so here's one trick that i use for writing i um i will write an article or I will write something. If I'm having any difficulty at all writing something, I will immediately take it over to my uh, email program and I will pull up uh, an email and I will either to my dad, hi Scott, or to my friend Willie Jackson, sup Willie. I will compose an email to them. That is the article. Like I will go like, what would be the headline that or the, the subject line that I would put here for these guys or these people? right? To make them pay attention and let them know this isn't just like, a, what, are you, what are you up to these days? You know? And then I would write the, write the actual body uh, of the article there to them. Because for some reason, that, that I do that a million times, man, a week. I write a million emails a week, and that just gets rid of all of those anxieties and all of those, like, uh, those mental blocks when I'm just writing to somebody I know who, like for instance, for my dad, where this is so great, is because I know that he's interested in entrepreneurial stuff, but he doesn't know all the things that I know about it. So when I say Twitter, I might have to explain that a little bit more, right? And I like that. That helps me become a better writer. So that's one trick for me about writing. We also have a, like, this is something, because writing is something that I geek out about a lot. There's a writing post uh, article that I made uh, at the Sparkline, which I'll put in the show notes, which is like how to find your voice as a writer, just a handful of little um, of little tips and tricks that I use and that we now use on just about every project here at Fizzle to figure out who this is for, what is the meaningful change we want to create in this person's life, um, what is the actual, uh, what are the traps? You know, what, what do we say? It's what like, are the fears? What are the fears? What are the fears that they have about this thing? And then what are the common traps? Like, I tried that, but it didn't work. It's not for me, right? Where would someone come and get trapped on that? And those are some that I learned from my friend Mike Pacquion, Packle Jones. So I'll put it, I'll put that in the show notes as a writing, uh, finding your voice sort of trick thing. Corbett, for you in writing, is there anything that you have found particularly helpful? Any software apps or 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 processes that you use? Um, gosh, I, I mean, I'm I'm most excited about a new process that we're using now. Yeah, for Fizzle and. Um, we should do actually like a whole episode on this because it's, yeah. it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. We've been able to, in many cases, triple the value of a blog post that we write. Yeah. And we have ways to track that, you know, based on how many people sign up for our service and so on. And um, we we just did this big um, examination of the most valuable posts on our site that we had ever written and tried to come up with a number of commonalities between those. Yeah figure out what makes them tick and to see if we could reverse engineer those and then to create new posts based on those 
principles. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah, it it's did. worked like it did. phenomenally well. But in order to do that, it means that you and I have been meeting together and basically writing the structure of a blog post, you know, who it's for, what it's about, yeah. what the meat of the content mm -hmm. is. We've been writing this on the whiteboard. It takes us 45 minutes or so for each one. Mm -hmm. And we record the audio so that we have it later. But then basically the, the heavy lifting is done. Yeah. And we do that based on some keyword research. We do that based on these principles that we have that we know lead to high value, engaging sort of blog posts. Yep. And, um, and then when it comes time to write it, it almost doesn't matter who writes it. Sometimes you write it. Sometimes I write it. We've actually had a uh, freelancer write a couple of them and they've just been doing so well. I, we really need to do a whole episode on it. We do. Yeah. I mean, the, the, um, a lot of these posts are, are really strong, strong because to me, what matters the most about that trick is just getting someone else's perspective. You're out of mm -hmm. your brain for a second. You're out of your little mental castle for a second. Right. And for me, I am, I can convince myself of a lot of different things, right? And there's so many feelings involved as I'm coming up with ideas for writing. I feel really good about it or I feel really bad about it. And those have nothing to do with reality. They just don't. Yeah. Right. It's not till I get it in they front have of to do with your energy oh, and yeah. your mood. And, totally. Yeah. Once I get into into an actual like sharing this with somebody who it's it's ideally who could potentially be an audience a reader for this thing, and so Corbett and I working together putting doing our brain dump together on like what's the thing they're afraid of here, and we come up with a handful of ideas yeah. and that, and what's like the common traps like what are the things they try and they're like nah it didn't really work yeah. oh it'd be this and this and this and this and this and you could do this with a friend if you don't have a, a team member you could call yeah. somebody and say hey do you have fifteen minutes I'd love to talk you through this idea yeah. and get your feedback on it and just say you know I'm thinking about writing an article on X Y and Z here's who it's for. Like, what do you think they're afraid of? Yeah. Like, where do you think they get stuck on this? Yeah. And what advice would you give to those people? And, and, and so on 15 minutes, you could probably have a much better post than you would be able to write yourself. You could save 15% or more on car insurance. Farmers. We are farmers. <laughs> I was, I was, I was going to try to do the gecko from Geico real quick. And I just what, didn't what gecko. Oh, it's like kind I of British. It's like, like 10 minutes because I do fit. I can't really do I can't really get it. Um, my accents are falling off. I, I like, like the, the screw is loose. I got to try to find oh, them back no. um, soon here. So with writing, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of tips and tricks. I think you're going to find the, the meat of what we're talking about in this three quick tricks to find your voice as a writer, um, which is a post that, that we created. Yeah, at, that was great. That, um, that is really good. And then like Corbett said, look for in the future an in-depth sort of maybe podcast episode mm -hmm. on on this new writing process we're trying out. So that's writing. That's something that we all have to do, whether or not we're writing blog posts or or we're just, we just have to write emails. Like you, you have to write an email that actually you want a result from that email. Don't forget that. You know what I mean? So now let's talk about a final uh, piece that we kind of all of us as entrepreneurs have to do, which can be a total soul suck. And that is doing customer support. Customer support is what it's supporting your customers. That's correct. Customer support can be an absolute nightmare. It is fabled as this place that customers go to just die and get disgruntled and feel terrible about you. Yeah. Hashtag Comcast cares. Or that you as a business owner get dragged into and have no time to spend on anything No else. time to spend on anything else. Your right. business is actively dying as sales are not coming in yeah. and all you can do is try to keep the 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 pack at bay who's just yelling at you yep. 
you know? It is very, it is a very heavy duty. It can be very emotional. It's just like one of those things that could be very intense as an entrepreneur. Um, and like, even if it isn't emotional, it could just, it could just cost you your business eventually if you're not paying attention. Mm -hmm. So we have to do with customer support. Yep. What have we learned about customer support? Okay. Uh, first using a tool that's meant for customer support has been a big deal for yeah. us. Yeah. Um, we at, you know, in the very early stages used to just use an email address and an, an inbox at Gmail or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's just a number of things that you can do with a purpose built tool um, for example, like assigning tickets to other people, yep, yep. um, assigning things based on certain filters by other people, you mean in, in your team, on your team, or yep. if you hire a, a VA or somebody to do some of this for you. Um, so assignments are big. The automated responses can be really huge. Yep. Um, the canned responses. I know that you use text, text, text expander, text yeah. expander, but, um, a lot of these tools have something built in for doing that. Yep. Um, collecting data on customers, seeing what conversations you've had with that customer in the past, being able to look up the customer's account information within yep. the app is really helpful totally. sometimes. So there are lots of reasons why you'd want to do that. There are a bunch of good tools out there. We happen to use Intercom, which um, maybe isn't the cheapest for a small company, mm -hmm. but there are others. We don't recommend Zendesk. We tried that for a while and it's just kind of a, it's kind of a first generation um, SaaS product for customer service that mm. I, I don't think is on the cutting edge anymore. But uh, Intercom has been tremendous. Uh, Groove is another one that we hear really good things about. So yeah. Use, yeah. use a purpose-built tool for it. Um, you know, save yourself some time by creating a number of canned responses to the most common things that you hear mm -hmm. because with customer support, you will hear a lot of things. Another one is to create uh, an FAQ or something that you can send people for the most common questions that people have mm. to kind of preempt them. Some of the tools actually do this when you go to ask ask a question of customer support to email customer support. The FAQ will pop up yeah. to see if they can try to answer your question first, which is a win-win because yeah. it means that the customer is getting an answer quicker and it means that your customer support team or you aren't having to spend time responding to those things. So um, those are big for us. Don't don't feel afraid to write back quickly to customers in terms of or or to write sort of uh, short responses to customers. You don't have to write novels to them, even if they wrote a novel to you, uh, which happens a lot to us. You know, we do yeah. get like pages and pages of people's life stories. Totally. And um, I I read them, skim them quickly, and then respond fairly quickly as well. Um, you know, you want to make sure that. People feel like you they've been heard, yeah. but you can't possibly uh, just dive into every little thing somebody says. And this is a lot like the email conversation we had last week. Mm. There are countless people out there who will take all of your time yeah. if you allow them to over email and customer support is one of those. Of course, you want to do a good job. You want people to be happy, but I think there are ways to make people happy that yeah. don't require you spending a half hour on each interaction. Yep, totally. Yeah, customer support can be just one of those things. I mean, like like you said, I use Text Expander for some customer support stuff. Don't do it as much as I maybe would would like to in some ways, but but when I I don't I, my customer support burden is is lighter than even yours, um, and certainly lighter than Steph or or mm. or M. Yeah. So, um, but when we were doing it a lot, I mean, I just remember it just takes a lot of time. And I want to give people a great experience, and I do every single time. But it just is costing us on the time, resources spent yeah. on making a podcast or a blog or yeah. a course or something like that. So, in terms of tips and tricks here, 
in some ways it's like a mindset. I bet you could, I, I mean, I, I bet if I was in customer support every single day, there's probably some sort of mantra I'd have like in the beginning of the day to just get me in the, in the right yeah. mode. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. just going like, yeah, I can't solve every problem, but I'm going to be helpful and quick. And really my tool, my process is, or my thing, my job is to connect people to resources to that answer questions already or to something, something. I'd have some sort of trick about that. Yeah. And I think, you know, realize that still in this day, you can use customer support as a competitive advantage because most mm. people do it really poorly. Yeah. They take forever to get back or mm -hmm. sometimes never at all. Uh, they don't try to make the customers happy. So, you know, just by responding quickly and then genuinely trying to solve problems for customers, you can win them over. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes they can become lifetime customers just through one interaction with your support team or with you or whoever's doing it. Yeah. Well, I think that's it. That's what we have on the board. All right. You ready? Does that feel good? If that's what's on the board, that's it. If that's what's on the board, that's all the things that entrepreneurs do. We gotta trust ourselves. What did we miss? What are the, What do you think are uh, are some uh, areas that entrepreneurs, that most uh, small business entrepreneurs also do? Um, let us know in the comments at fizzleshow.co slash 181. And other than that, we will see you next week. I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. And we'll see you there. Or we'll, we'll see you on another time. So there you have it. All right. Fizzleshow.co slash 181 is where you're going to find show notes about this conversation. Now, like I said in the last episode, these are not regular show notes. This is a little bit more of like a resources about each one of the elements that we talked about, the categories, the tasks that we talked about in these last two episodes. All right. There was writing. There was email. There was planning and strategy. There was social media analytics and answering that. How are we doing question? All right. Inspiration and learning. There's also life and work balance as well as customer support. All of those are broken down on the article and uh, they've got more resources for you there. If you like this uh, episode, please head over to fizzleshow.co slash 181 and let us know on the comments there. Here's an iTunes review, a rating from Fleurilou in the USA who gave us three stars and said, there's good info, but lots of yelling and fluff. The business info is good, but every episode I've tried listening to starts with yelling. <laughs> Sorry. And a lot of fluff that doesn't relate to the subject. I can see this being great for certain people, but not my cup of tea. I really, really appreciate your honesty, Fleurilou, and, uh, and, and you know, that's, that is definitely some constructive criticism. This is great for some people, I think, but, but uh, you know, hey, I want to read the good with the bad out here. Um, if you haven't, dear listener, I, and I, I'm really grateful even for that that review. I mean, she's being honest, or he's being honest. Uh, and, and screw it. Maybe you could be honest, too. Leave us an iTunes rating. Help us uh, counter, counteract the negative effects of this three-star review on our iTunes page. When you go to uh, the iTunes store, search for Fizzle and click Write a Review. I'd love to read yours out on the air. All right, that's it for this episode. Here's a little, little bit of a poem from William Blake, I think it makes sense for a lot of us, who says, labor well the minute particulars, take care of the little ones. He who would do good for another must do it in minute particulars. 
General good is the plea of the scoundrel, hypocrite, and flatterer. For art and science cannot exist, but in minutely organized particulars. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday. <laughs>